Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. I'm so excited to have Little Ray of Health here. Emily, who is an all-influence client and who I'm also obsessed with. Um, And the reason that I'm so excited to have you on the podcast is because, honestly, girlfriend, the number of times that I send your account to clients as an example of all that you can do on social media in your own way is just out of this world. Like, I think I probably send your account to someone, like, probably every week. Stop. Thank you. No, I really do. I really do. So you need to check her out first and foremost. (laughs) But we need to start with a little segment of if you like it, like it. So Emily, what are you liking on the interweb right now? My favorite things on Insta, not as much on TikTok right now, but I know it's huge on TikTok, is the short reels where it's just little mini clips of anything. Sometimes it's a morning routine. Sometimes it's a nighttime routine, daily vlog, whatever it is, a recipe. Just the quick clips that are like, 0.4 second clips all put together. I have so much fun watching them. And now I've been making them and they do really well. And it's just another fun dimension to add to my content. You know what I think is so funny? It's such a the girls that get it, get it moment because you said 0.4 seconds. And I was like, yep, yep. It's it's 0.4 seconds. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That is the magic Only creators would know that. Mm -hmm. Like it's, they have to be tiny. And Okay, so when you create these, I want to talk about this because my whole new thing lately has been document don't create because I feel like it's so much stress off your shoulders of like putting your phone down and filming something that you're doing during the day. doesn't have to be crazy. doesn't have to be a production. doesn't have to be searching for an audio. Just film yourself making your coffee and like that's that. Um, But I would love to know – how you jumped into this and like kind of the process behind moving from a more produced real style to 0.4 second document. Yeah. For a little while, I was like, I'm not sure if that's my kind of content. I'm not someone that posts Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff for a long time. It was like the trending audio, all of that fun, more theatrical, like you're saying. And so I wasn't sure. I was like, how are people going to react? And I was like, I'm just going to make it because I had fun editing. Like I love creating content. Like I love what I do, but I love content creation so much. Um, Back in the day, I had a YouTube. I might get back to that, but I just I really hope you do. I would watch you every single day. Freaking Sarah's day over here. She's my favorite. Stop. She's my literal favorite human on the internet. Um, But yeah, so I just film random things. Like literally if I'm making my coffee, just set it there. I use the same angle for a lot of the shots. Sometimes it's different. You don't have to have a tripod also. Totally optional because these clips are so short. The clips are so short that no one's going to know. Like if you're a little bit shaky, if you move, like no one cares. I I love that it's, you know, put your phone down on a windowsill, put your phone, like prop it up against a water bottle, like do the damn thing. And yeah, do less, do less, baby. Do less, Seriously, for a long time, I would 
I, I pushed out content for so long and I got a little burnt out okay. and the idea of a theatrical reel or like talk, like all of this, I was like, I can't be bothered. Like I can't, it's not realistic to post that much content every single day. So I just started creating yeah. and in my head, I just hear that little sound. that's like, everything is content. Everything is. And that's just how <laughs> I see it now. And I swear, if you can remember to take videos as often as possible, it will come back in handy. It will pay back tenfold. A thousand percent. Well, if you yeah. like it, like it. All right. So I want to come back to that burnout thing in a in a hot second, but let's let's reel it back. Let's bring it back to when you first started. How did you even jump into doing this thing online? So I I never created a different <laughs> I know where do I even start? I didn't ever create a separate Instagram. So I'm still running off the Instagram I made in high school. So Girlfriend's that was kind of an, at first I love that. It worked for it kind of works for us because I feel like a lot of the people that I went to high school with actually ended up being my clients or whatever it was the right demographic. Okay. Um yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. But at first, it just started as like blogging. Like I used it as kind of a blog. I had, it was a recipe Instagram for a while. It was strictly a food Instagram for a while. Like if you scroll back, you can see all my eras. Um, It was a vegan Instagram for a while. But then when I got into health coaching. whole era store, basically. (laughs) Seriously, if you scroll, you can see the, you could see the definition. Um, And I was always passionate about health and wellness. So I was always sharing about that kind of thing. And then I graduated college, I became a health coach. And so I transitioned into like a more authority type content, um, but still pretty organic kind of stuff. And then I really, I hired a business coach. I created like my actual course, my program, and it shifted a lot towards more sales forward content and stuff like that. But I Mm -hmm. still wanted to keep that personal aspect to it. So like while I was Mm -hmm. sharing health coaching stuff, all of that, I was also sharing my own life because I was like, this is my personal Instagram too. Like I'm not going to lose that. And people along the way were like, I feel like this is the kind of content for a personal Instagram. I was like, well, that's what this is also. So welcome. Um, yeah, I've gotten mixed feedback from that. It's interesting, but yeah, I just realized the cap on income on social media is essentially unlimited. And so Uh, as I saw that shift, I was like, I don't want to take in-person clients. Like I don't want to focus on just this small community that I, of the area I live in when I could reach potentially millions and millions of people. And right now, if you look at my reach, I think it's like 2.4 million people in the past month or two weeks. It's insane. It's insane. Two and so like, two weeks. <laughs> as if that's casual. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's so a funny weird too. feeling. You're so funny because you came to me when you first joined the agency and you were like, so I have like 10,000 people watching my story. Is that bad? And I was like, I uh, that's know. like sometimes the norm of your follower count, but like whatever. No. And that's so interesting is because like I – imagine and this is another thing we all get in our own heads and we all think we're special or everything's hard for us or all of that and it's just not true it's just not true yeah um and so yeah it was just wild to me to imagine the impact that I could have with my Instagram and I was like all right I'm just gonna run with it and for a long time I didn't see much growth like I will say that like now I've grown so much but for a couple years I didn't see much 
And yeah, you I'll, just did 100k. Yeah, you just yeah. did 100k. So yeah. I wanna I wanna pull back the the timeline of your follower count too. So okay. when you hired a business coach, how many followers did you have? Three thousand. Wow. And that was like okay. mainly, like I said, high school followers. Wow. And when did you quit your job? Probably when I had about thirty thousand. Okay. About 30,000. And what was the thing that made you say, okay, it's time, time to leave? I was making enough income from social media to be able to focus on it full time. And I was like, okay, I can't keep juggling all of these things. I now have to make that transition. The whole, whoever quote it is, it's like, if you're going to take the island, burn the boats. I kind of had to like fully commit once yes. I knew. I will say like, don't quit your day job if you're not making the same amount of income from social media yet. I did try that at one point and it was <laughs> did not end well. I went back to working in like a naturopathic doctor's office. But once I got 30,000, I was like, okay, this is going to work. Like I can see a solid growth trajectory and I have enough like proof of concept that I'm just going to go for it. I think the follower count is so interesting because it's not like you needed to be at 30K to make that happen. Like you could have done it at the 3K. You could have brought in a full-time income a thousand percent. But what you really saw was the shift in your priorities and the shift in focus. And honestly, like if it were not for COVID, if I did not get laid off, I don't think I would have jumped ship. I I don't think I'm the type of person – well – that's not true. But like, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know how quickly I would have been like, yeah, I'm just going to quit my job. Did figure it out. Yeah. Like, what? I was not that person either. That's scary. That takes that takes some serious guts, some serious bravery. Yeah. And I think it takes a special person to be able to work well under that kind of pressure. Yes. I'm not. I am like a fight, flight, freeze. I'm a freezer. I'm a freezer. <laughs> I'm not a fighter. yeah it's it's wild so at what point did everything kind of click for you what was the moment where you were like oh I've I've got this I understand my format I understand who I am online I can run with it I would say probably around that time that I quit my job it -hmm. gave me like this sense of empowerment And at that point, this is the beginning of my burnout though. So be forewarned. I did 60 reels in 60 (laughs) days, 60 reels in 60 days. That was like, I did 30 and 30 and I was like, let's keep going. So I did 60 and 60. What I think is so interesting about that, and at this point, um, go go look at her account because you'll understand why that's such a big deal that she did 60 Reels in 60 Days because what you've created with your branding is so unique and it's so curated. Like I know that you spend a ton of time on your stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are like, your stories are so beautiful. I'm like, thank you. This is my full-time job. Like thank stories are like essentially <laughs> my – yeah. And I used to be like, oh, this takes forever. And then I'm like, well, it's my job. So that's okay. If I'm on stories, if I'm creating this many hours a day, that's fine. Because I'd rather be doing that than working for someone else. Right. Right. A thousand percent. Okay. So you did 60 Reels in 60 Days. Continue. So I did 60 Reels in 60 Days. And it was in that time that I, I feel like, I know it sounds like a lot of content. I would suggest everyone try 30 Reels in 30 Days for even if it's just 
to get over the perfectionism. Because Mm. if you're posting reels every day, guess what? Not everyone's going to be a hit, okay? Like you just start to realize and you're able to find your groove because you're creating content and you're able to see in real time, like very quickly, what's landing and what's not, what people are responding to and what they're not. And it also makes up for like the lower engagement ones where you just go, okay, you take that as input. You just go, oh, okay, that one didn't work. I won't do one like that again. And so I think it helped me in that way. And I think what's so important here, the distinction that I've learned is it's not necessarily a real a day though. For me, like what I found, especially in the last couple of months where a lot of the time I'm posting two times a day. So a lot of the time I have, you know, I'm, I'm posting 10 reels a week plus. Um, and the reason that I can do that is because some are really low effort really low effort. Like I can crank it out in five seconds, but if you can't crank them out like that, or if you're not open to maybe we're taking Sunday off or like I'm batch creating so that I don't have to do anything the next day other than press post and then ghost, then it's not realistic. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I said like it, it was a lot because at this time I was also on TikTok, I think at the time and TikTok was a lot as well. That's actually how my Instagram account started to grow again. Interesting. So, how many were you posting on TikTok a day? One to two. Okay. One to two, but I grew to 200K in 30 days. Wow. Like, yeah. So it was crazy. And then I honestly haven't posted in like a year. But the main thing, <laughs> I I was so frustrated with Instagram. I felt like the algorithm, the engagement, whatever, I was just frustrated. And so everyone's like, it's so easy to grow on TikTok. So I went to TikTok, linked my Instagram, and then people came from TikTok to my Instagram. And then that created this like engagement snowball. And it just started to grow my account once again. And so then I went back to Instagram and I, I love Instagram. It is my home base. Um, Mm -hmm. I just prefer it. I don't know. I think you're just an Instagram type of girl. Like I am. It doesn't, all of that produced, all of the like design elements that you yes. add in, the little emojis, like all of that, that's so an Instagram thing. TikTok is way less cured, which is can be really good for a lot of people in that way because it's very low effort. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, there wasn't that is not your personality. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I like to just make everything my own. And that was another thing for a long time. I looked at all these other accounts. I did what they were doing. I like was like, oh, look how like curated and neutral I am the opposite of neutral in my content. If you see my posts, there's like rainbows and unicorns and emojis and colors. (laughs) And I've always been that way since I was a kid. And for a long time, I mean, I have a baby face. I do look young. I'm 28. But like, I was on a plane the other day. The um, flight attendant was like, ma'am, I sat in the emergency exit row. Ma'am, are you over the age of 15 or miss? She said miss. And I was like, (laughs) I'm 28. But thank you. The lady next to me was just laughing. She's like, you'll love it when oh you're older. I was like, okay. But I had this idea. You're like, I am older. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm almost there. I'm going to be 30 soon. Like, this is – but okay. Um, but for a long time, I was like, no one's going to take me seriously if my content looks like X, Y, Z. I need to overcompensate for how young I think I look. Again, it's just a story in my head. And I was like, no, I don't like that. It's not me. It's going to be exhausting trying to be someone I'm not. So I'm done. And so I started doing just rainbow letters, the rainbow gradient, which takes a long time to get down. Um, (laughs) 
But now people are like, when I see your content, I know it's you. And that just feels, if I wasn't in the health coaching space, I swear to God, I would be in like branding and content. Yeah, you you literally could be. You know what, though? I so relate to the chip on your shoulder of like being this young, bubbly blonde. Yeah. Because I had the same issue. I I had the same chip on my shoulder about like I need to – force my brain into things. I need to do something extra to make myself seem more credible. And at the end of the day, it's bullshit, but like it was a whole journey to get to that point of acceptance and like, oh wait, I can just be me and be a credible resource. Revolutionary. Yeah. And I, I would say that's when everything clicked is when I stopped trying to be someone that I wasn't. Because like I, I said, that. that's what leads to burnout and an exhaustion is just trying to be someone you're not. It's the worst. So let's talk about this burnout. Mm-hmm. Tell me the journey of that and more so than like how it felt while you were going through it. I, I want to hear about coming out of it because so many people are feeling that right now. Content exhaustion, it always feels like more and more and more. You can always do more online. Wow. So how do we get past that? I think, I mean, it, like I said, it did serve me. It did serve me. It did grow my account. Would my account have grown without 60 reels in 60 days? Yes, it would have. Maybe not as quickly, but it still would have grown. Um, I know mm-hmm. that now after kind of reverse engineering and slowing it down and still growing. But while you I was going through it- for, for like a year. Oh, hardcore. Hardcore. Like, yeah, burnout yeah, hard. Real hard. And then I fought it. I fought it for months. Yeah, and that was same. the worst thing to do. Worst thing you could do. And while I was going through it, right, while I was on this road to burnout, I had no idea. I was riding mm-hmm. this high, this dopamine high of likes <laughs> and follows and clients and just ding, 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 ding constantly. And then it wasn't enough. It really is like a drug. Like no one talks about this. Yeah. Like, dopamine, these dopamine hits, it really is like a drug. And that come down is insane. And like I said, I love creating content. And so it was really hard for me because I would have all these ideas and then I would go to execute and I hated everything I made. I didn't even want to make anything. Like I felt allergic to my phone. Like I would pick it up and I would look at it like, I don't want to touch you. I don't want to be on my phone. I was so resistant and it was this internal struggle. It was so hard because I love what I do. So it was so weird because I was like, well, if I still love what I do, how could I feel burnt out? But like my poor brain was just so depleted. And yeah, it, it took a while. Cycle. Yep. Yeah. It took a while. Like I said, I fought it. So I would like go, okay, I'll take one day off. And then of course that one day was spent still scrolling. Like I, right. I, I didn't do it the right way. Like if you're going to take a break, like my favorite quote is the whole like learn to rest, not to quit. And if mm-hmm. you schedule in these like actual social media breaks, you will, they will not have to choose themselves for you. And so mm-hmm. I think taking a day off a week or a weekend, it's not going to hurt your engagement. In fact, it can help it. Like if you take a day off stories, you come back and it's like they reset and it's great. Yeah. So yeah, I would just say if I could go back and tell myself like, hey, I just had this idea that if I stopped, everything would crumble. And it's not true. So what are some of the things that you wish you could recommend to your last year self, your burnt out self, or the the person that was on the road to burnout? What advice would you say to put in their calendar to schedule that rest? No phone, like no phone. 
Like delete the Instagram app for a day if you have to, but make sure you save all your real drafts first. But (laughs) I would just say like actually taking a a real break, not just saying you're going to stop posting, but then still checking Instagram and still getting that constant input, I think is often, honestly, I think taking one day off Instagram a week is enough to like keep you okay. It's just, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like stop trying to reinvent the wheel. If you can't think of anything, repurpose your best content and call it a day. Literally repost it. Yep. Yeah. Repost it. Don't desperate post. That's what I will say. Do not (laughs) last minute create a reel out of desperate energy and post it. And then, because trust me, it's probably not going to do well because you created it out of that space. And then you're going to be even more upset. And you're like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew this wouldn't do well. And then it'll just create a spiral. So just don't. If you're ever in that space, just go, okay. Yeah. I think it's so funny because whenever, whenever there's that desperation, people smell it. Like you can feel it on the content. And I had this situation happen probably a year ago with a client. Um, she signed up for a profile audit where I kind of went through not only her like bio, but her reels and such. And I, I was writing out this lengthy thing and I was like, honestly, I like, I feel like you're burnt out. Like I, I'm looking at your content and I'm like, I, I can see it. And she emailed me back and she was like, I don't know how you knew that. Like how, how did you know that I am feeling that way? And I was like, you can, it's obvious. Like you can can see it. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell when someone doesn't want to be there. Like it's very obvious. And it's not even that they don't love what they're doing. And you hit the nail on the head with that. It's like, I love that I'm here. I love that I have this opportunity. I'm so grateful, but I need a break. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there's this idea also, if we run our business on social media, on Instagram, it's not a nine to five, right? Yeah. Could we treat it like that? Of course. Could we put our phone away before 9am and app? But no one does. No one yeah. does. I enjoy social media recreationally as well. So it's, right. I think it's so hard because unlike a job where you go to from nine to five, your phone is in your hand 95% of the time. And there's no break. It's like the same way people say like, don't put your desk in your bedroom. It's the same thing of like, this is what you do everything from. And this is with you all the time. And so you don't get a break. Like your brain doesn't get a break. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I gotta go to the health stuff because I know that you do a lot of like cycle syncing and you pay attention to all of that within your work schedule. So I'm curious what you do to kind of revolt against the nine to five hustle corporate culture and align with your feminine energy. I love that. Okay. (laughs) So the main thing is, is I like to reiterate that when I say women aren't meant to work a nine to five, I'm not saying women aren't meant to work. Like evolutionarily speaking, we worked hard from sunrise to sundown. Like we are capable of working hard. It's just the nine to five wasn't built for like the female physiology. You aren't meant to like wake up, do the same exact thing, nine to five every single day, wake up, go to sleep, like repeat. It just doesn't work. Um, and so what I do is obviously you can go with your cycle. So without giving like a full lowdown on all the phases and everything, (laughs) there are, there are times of the month where your brain is more primed for creativity, is more primed for brainstorming, is more primed for like mapping out ideas. 
there's better that, times of the month first. That that's the your first follicular. part of your cycle. Yeah. So not your period, obviously, like ladies, like we know we don't want to do anything during that time. That's normal. <laughs> Give yourself a break. Make that your break. Yeah. And then moving into the follicular, follicular, which is like your inner spring. So imagine like flowers blooming, like you're getting your energy back. You're feeling creative. This is the best time to like plant those seeds. So outline, brainstorm. This is the first two weeks of your cycle. So the first, if day one of your period, day one of your cycle. So about the first two weeks. Then you move into ovulation. This is around day 14, so mid-cycle, but it lasts, the effects last like three to four or five days. This is when you're more social, you're better, like, I'm obviously not there right now. You can form sentences better. Your left <laughs> side, your left and right hemispheres of your brain are communicating the best during this time. So this is when like both sides come together. So I, this is when I would schedule, if you can, within reason, schedule photo shoots, schedule interviews, schedule date nights, schedule recording content, all of this during this time. You're going to feel your best. Wow. And then your luteal phase, I, so cool. Your luteal phase, which is like the two weeks before your period. So in between ovulation and your period, this is when you are the most focused. So estrogen acts as like a natural Adderall. So during this time, like if you can trace, if I could trace back the times where I've willingly cleaned and organized my whole house, it is during this time. (laughs) Um, Or getting projects done, getting projects done. Like if you can use the first half of your cycle to map out, outline, get ready. And then ovulation, film content, whatever. And then luteal phase, put it all together. Edit, create, like smash out projects. All of that is going to happen best during the last half of your cycle. I hope that all came out right. I, I'm pretty sure that it did. Okay. <laughs> you know your shit. It's a lot. But I, you know what I love about that is like it really comes down to reinventing how you feel about the expectations that – you, you have in society. It comes back down to, you know, I don't need to work from nine to five because I'm literally not going to be efficient from that. Yep. I can work a six hour work day, a four hour work day. And it's not like I've had a couple people say in response to that, well, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if you could yeah. do that? And I'm like, well, wait. But like the thing is, if I were to work a nine-hour workday, I actually wouldn't be productive at all, like in the That's, slightest yes. for the last couple of hours. I so, say that on average, it's only four hours of work that get done during an eight-hour workday anyways. So I can choose to be my most productive self for the time that I know I'm going to be most productive and then give myself rest and give myself the ability to go clean the house, do laundry, like do something else, like go walk the dog, get quiet, get whatever. Yeah. Or I can just, you know, continue on and not listen to my body. And like I said, if you don't choose your rest days, your body will choose them for you. Like it'll just smack you like a ton of bricks. Yep. I love this little lesson. Um, So I think I want to, at this point, move into your actual program because what you've created with your program is a true signature offer. Do you do you offer anything other than Balance Babe Blueprint? No, I used to have a couple of my master classes sold. Like I would sell the replays as like one offs, but now everything's yeah. just inside my course, and so it's all tied up in one perfect Wide. buy, one offer. It's so easy. Have it's the best. Have you ever had multiple? You have had multiple multiple offers, but um, what made you say I'm going to only stick to one? Like I'll just include it. 
it really was my holy grail. It is like if I take one-on-one clients, which is rare at this point, I basically just go through the course with them. It's yeah. just a more intimate, high-touch coaching program. Um, I love but, it. And like I said, I do I, – like I love coaching. I love teaching. So I will host master classes intermittently on like uh, some topic that I'm super interested in and think everyone else will love. But other than that, I just was like, I don't want to sell multiple offers. Like I had low ticket, like $30 eBooks in there for a while, Mm -hmm. but it just, I I don't know. You don't need to, you don't need to. And can it help having a product suite? Of course. But for me, this one program at the ticket price that it's at, which is like medium, it's 397. I just, I didn't need anything else. Yeah. Everything just came back to that. And everyone would ask me so many different questions. What about this? What about this? What about this? I'm like, everything is in It's the all course. in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in there. I The reason why I love this is because I had this whole soul searching phase of my business growth where I thought, okay, I need the full product suite. So last February, I launched a new version of my my eight-week program, my signature program. And then I also launched six mini courses. And oh my God, you know what I happened? Know that. Yeah, I know. Other than just burnout from that, um, you know what happened was I don't talk about them. I don't talk mm. about them because I don't yeah. have time in the day or yeah. interest in my feed yeah. because I it's too much. I it's too much. Insane. And if you're not talking about it, then you're not going to sell it. So I I would love to hear more about your path to learning your format of talking about your program because you talk about it every single day. You post about your program every single day. I try. Uh, That was hard for me at first. It felt weird. Um, It did feel weird at first. And I think getting over – the whole feminine sales thing too is like yes. we are so weird us us females are so weird about selling because we think it's yeah. like this masculine gross used car salesman thing yes and it's really yeah. it, it's really just not so continue sorry I interrupted you no I totally agree with you on that and then but it, I feel like what I realized and this is even a more recent realization is that that line of thinking is very selfish you started mm. this account. I started this account. You started your account. Everyone listening, you started accounts for a reason to help people, to sell a service that changes someone's life. So, you not talking about it, like, no, you can't help people unless you talk about it. So, you're actually doing them a disservice by staying quiet mm. about the thing that could potentially change their life. Mm-hmm. And so, I started realizing that I was like, oh, all of these little fears and whatever is just my ego. It's just very selfish. of like, mm-hmm. what is it? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, I once listened to this uh, meditation too, that was like, imagine all of the people that need your help that will never, like, if you don't talk about anything, imagine all of these people that will never get help, that will never grow their account, that will never do whatever, get their health together, balance their hormones, mm-hmm. like all, be able to quit their nine to five, all of these things that they wouldn't be able to do without you. And so I think getting over that, first of all. Um, but after that, just realizing that like social selling can feel really organic and not salesy. And that people are probably in your DMs all day asking you things that you can always tie back to your program. So I think in everything that I post, 
even if I'm seemingly just posting my coffee or my food or what I'm doing, I still try to tie it back to the like overarching message that I share and back to my course and what I do. Mm-hmm. What I think is so important too is making sure that your program truly relates to like every module of your program relates yeah. to a content pillar because yeah. the yeah. second that it all aligns with every bit of your program, the that's the moment that you can say after every single caption, more in Balanced Babe, babe yep. Blueprint. If you're struggling, yep. head to this. Here's this. Yeah. Yes. I don't sell – like I do link in all of my captions. Like this is just a taste of my program or if you want to learn more, yeah. this and that. That's at the end of the caption. But I don't ever sell like in my actual post. Like I don't mention my course. No. Um, and I feel like that's something a lot of people think that they have to like create reels about their service and it's no. not necessarily true. I use Instagram stories for that and my highlights. And then I just use reels to connect, to educate, to like coach people and then bring it back to my course. I just think a lot of people, and I'm, I'm the same way. So maybe it's just me. I sometimes will like to watch reels about someone's course, but I might just skip through it. But if I can relate to it and then I read the caption and then I realize it can help me, that's when I'm more interested. And so that's kind of what I started doing in my content too, realizing that you need to sell to people without realizing they're being sold to. Mm-hmm. Because it comes back down to just that recommending thing. Like yes. if you if you want more help with this, here's where to get the next step. I, th- I, I think it comes down to like if I wanted a, I don't know, like recommendation for a blush, yes. whatever. And I walked into Ulta and I asked the girl, you know, what's a recommendation for blush? And she gave me a recommendation and then there was nothing on the shelves. Like I would actually be upset. Like that would be a disservice more yeah. than anything. And that's exactly what we're doing with Instagram is like you're giving people those tools, not just the knowledge, but the tools to actually get to that next step. Yeah, you're totally right. I actually never thought about it that way that like doing a disservice of you're telling them all of these things that they can relate to like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. And then nothing. You're like, well, now all you did was point out all these problems I have. Now what? Yeah. yeah now what I just am I supposed problem. to do? <laughs> and so that's why I try to lead it back in every single post. And it's just there if they read it. Right. And not even everyone's going to read captions. That's the other thing is like, not everyone's going to oh, see every story you make. Not everyone's going to see everyone, every post that you make. So trust me, mm-hmm. like if you think about the content that you watch and all the people that you know that sell have signature offers, like, do you ever feel like they're overselling? I don't. No. I don't. And even people that I bought their, I bought their products, I still watch their stories every day. Oh, totally. So that's totally. another thing to keep in mind is that even after you sell to someone, they're not going to be done with you necessarily if you keep providing value in your content. But also right. at the same time. No, no one's in I know some, I have some friends that are like, well, that they, this has happened to them, right? And I know it's happened to everyone. We follow someone we love, except for Sarah's day. She's my ride or die. But we follow (laughs) someone for a certain amount of time. We like their content until we don't relate to them anymore or until we got what we needed and you're done and you're going to unfollow that person or stop engaging with their content. And the same thing's going to happen to us. And that's fine. We did like, we did what we were supposed to do. We served our purpose in their life. Our content served its purpose, our course, whatever. And then they move on and you're getting new people every day. So I think like that was another thing. Losing followers is just the name of the game. It's just part of it. And it's fine. 
And for every follower you lose, you're probably going to get two more that want to buy from you. I think what's interesting too is like we are all constantly evolving people and we go through such phases with, you know, your high school friends and then your college friends and then work friends and then people that you know from whatever. And it feels okay to move on and kind of spread your wings and fly. And then when it comes to Instagram followers, we're like, well, they're not my fans anymore. It's like, were they ever like – they're just yeah. a person that you're connecting with. Exactly. You don't own them. You, they don't owe you anything. You don't owe them anything. And that's it. That's just, it's like a revolving door. And so I think the more yep. you can also come come to terms with that and be at peace with that, you'll be okay losing followers because that's just what happens. Right. You can't, if the goal is to never lose followers, you're never going to make money or you're never going to be Love successful it. because like, what's that quote? A friend to all is a friend to none. Yep. Like you can't please everyone. Yep. And so there's no point. And if you do, then you're you're in the wrong. Jack of all trades. Yeah. yeah Jack yeah. of all trades is a master of none. Yep. Absolutely. So, okay. You have a signature offer. You've honed in on how to sell it. At this point, we've templated things, right? Yes. yes. Okay. I want to know what you have saved in a folder in your camera roll that you repost again and again. Because girlfriend, I know, I know that you have pictures of food that you've reposted every single week. (laughs) My Q and A's are always old pictures. My Q and A's are always, um, yeah, I have one, I have testimonials. So I have a whole folder of screenshots of testimonials. I have one called, I think it's called BBB marketing. So that one will be all like, screenshots, things that I posted before, some things that explain my course. Um, And I try not to post those all the time because if someone sees something they've seen multiple times before, they're probably going to tap through. So I also have a notes, like in my notes app, I have everything listed out so that I can put it over a new picture. And so it's just a little change up. I swear that's half of it. I have um, in my notes app, a whole thing of links of things that I link often, of my program. I had a whole Black Friday folder. So yeah, yeah, here's my Q&A folder. So it's just all like curated, edited pictures that I can use for Q&A. Wow. And yeah, I try to make my content look really pretty. And does it take a long time? Yes. But this is my job. And the prettier it looks, the more aesthetic it looks, the more time people are going to spend looking at it and engaging with it. So and there is a trade-off. Also, yes, it takes me time to edit those, yes. but now they're all edited. Exactly. And I think that's what's so important too is like you can spend time on your stuff. You can spend time on your content, but make sure it's the things that can be used again and again and again. Like yes. if you're trying to reinvent the wheel, recreate something beautiful and amazing and aesthetic every single time, that's not that's no. not realistic. No. So if you can copy the text that you use often, if you can copy the links, if you can use certain pictures, yes. all of these things, certain like, yeah, do it once. They say, what is it like buy once, cry once kind of thing. So it's like a big investment up front, <laughs> big investment up front. And then after that, you're good. After that, you're good. But I yeah. also think like it is important to make your content look somewhat aesthetic, but there is a middle ground. Because yeah, there have been times where I'll do a Q&A and I'll spend six minutes on one story slide where I put three sentences. And I'm like, all right, right. I need to be done here. 
<laughs> so I'm I'm curious about I mean honestly just how you found your style because you <sighs> you're I don't feel like your style has evolved all that much like it you happened. are you and you stick to what you know and I'm sure you're very fast at what all, all that you do all that you create considering how detailed it is yeah I am fast at it now but I will say it did take time to get here like anything like I had to do it over and over and over again the rainbow font that takes time to get down um Pain in the butt do you I assume you take your photos edit them in Lightroom and then go into stories I put them in an app called InstaSize and there's only okay. like three filters that I use so like I choose from those three and I know like the it's not a Lightroom preset. It is a little bit m- like more intensive than that. But uh-huh. I've done it so many times at this point, like I could probably edit it with my eyes closed and get the same uh-huh. effect. But yeah, I try to use the same kind of filters, the same couple fonts. My style has changed a little bit, but not really. It still is all the emojis, the rainbow stuff. But yeah, it's just... I, this is my style. And there are times where, like I said, I get tempted when I see other people's content um, to go, oh, that you looks cool. You mean me looking at your stories all the time? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but what emoji could I throw on it? <laughs> Emojis are so fun. I seriously love them so much. I like, I use them in my text. I use them in everything. I use them in emails. I don't care. I'll break all the rules. <laughs> Exclamation points, emojis in my I'll emails. I'll break all the rules. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. Four, um, four exclamation points at the end of oh, every I, sentence. I don't delete any exclamation points anymore. You're getting all my exclamation points, okay? And yes, I am this excited all the time. <laughs> I just, I'm not taming myself. Yeah, don't, don't. Okay, so to wrap this up, take this home, I guess my final question for you is, if someone is looking at your account and saying, wow, I love this, but after listening to this episode, I need to find my own version of that. What is your what is your top advice? I would say trial and error. So try things. Find out what you do like. Find out what you don't like. But make it you. Like try to think about, okay, what do I – not what do I like to post because you do also have to post for other people. But like when you want when, – when people think of you, what do you want them to think of? And try to incorporate that. Or like what are your favorite colors? Do you have brand colors? Do you want to change your brand colors? Do you have a certain font that you like to use? They're all just things that make you stand out on social media. So like when someone sees your content, pick three things that they'll, they'll always see. So like for me, it's like that rainbow gradient font and the emojis and I don't know what else. Those are the main things. So people have said like when I see your content, even if I don't see your handle, I know it's yours. And you so what the, are ways? You use the circles. I've yes. stolen this from you. you yeah. You use the, the circles. Transparent circles. Yes. Those are your three things. When people ask me sure. like, how do you do that? I'm like, it's just a little little paint tool. It's so easy. I don't edit other than editing my pictures. I don't do anything outside of Instagram. I edit all my reels in Instagram. I edit all my like stories in Instagram. I don't like adding outside fonts just because I think that when people see something that looks like it was curated somewhere else, 
either one, they're going to think that they're, that it's like a sales page and they might tap through mm. or it just like looks weird to them. And I want everything to look like I just threw it up there, even though I didn't just yeah. throw it up there, but <laughs> I want it to seem like it's all cohesive and that it's not right. like, Hey, I'm on Instagram, but this isn't an Instagram font. So like what's going yeah. on? It's kind of like having a, you know, if someone has an Android in the group chat, it's like the green text. Like I just, I just don't call. do it. You know what? I mean, I got to say, because you're calling me out right now. I've just decided that I hate all Instagram font. You do it very well, but <laughs> I a lot hate of them all are bad. Instagram font. No, they're so I agree bad. with you. We need new ones. They're so but, bad. Yeah. I use like the one all the way on the far right. Here's what I don't get is why we don't have a background color. Because if I put white text or even black text over something with shadows and lights. I mean, I yes. know what you do. I know that you make half of your sentence white and half of your sentence Sometimes black. Do, yes. You can actually see it. But I think that's such a pain. So Instagram, this is a call out. Ring, yeah. ring, Instagram. Yeah. I want transparent backgrounds. I want transparent yeah. backgrounds on all the fonts, not just that one font that gets a transparent background because I don't like that font. Because it's the ugly font. It's the ugly font. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like they're using Microsoft fonts from 1962. <laughs> Microsoft didn't even exist then. But that's the point. It's like, uh, yeah, we should have more options. We should have. But then also, how long would you spend trying to pick your font if you had 26 options? Too long. Too long. Too, too long. Too damn long. Thank you so much for coming on Brand Meat Creator, Emily. It's always wonderful to chat with you. Um, where can we find you? Because um, I know that my girl has a new podcast that's coming out or that wants to. It did. So I have the first like teaser. It's like a 10 minute episode is up on Spotify. I don't know if we've been approved on Apple yet, but we are on Spotify. It's the Little Ray of Health podcast. Pretty easy to remember. My Instagram handle is at Little Ray of Health. If you want to go look on my TikTok, TikTok is Little Ray of Hell too. It's all old content though. Um, <laughs> but I am on Instagram. Come say hi on Instagram. I'm always in my DMs. I'm always responding. That's something else I try to do. I love responding to DMs. So I'll sit there for like two hours and just voice everyone back. It's my favorite. Well, like I've said three times, go check her out on Instagram because she is the best inspo ever for just creative things online. Emily, again, thank you so much. And- Brand meat creator friends. We will catch you next time. Bye.